You're listening to Reading Glasses, a show about book culture and literary life designed to help you read better. I'm author, filmmaker, and book devourer Mallory O'Mara. And I'm Bria Grant, filmmaker and e-reader. This episode, we're talking about space books. Bum, bum, bum. Hooray! <laughs> and interviewing Madeline Rue. But first, what are you reading, Bria? I'm reading um, not a space book, but something that you might... That's actually probably good for this episode because we're, uh, we're going to be talking about so many space books. I know. I'm not reading anything. It's funny. I'm. It's like, you know, horror month. Hell fucking yeah, it is. Um, I'm reading a book that's not a horror book. It's okay. it's October. Here's the thing. I know it's horror month and we're like talking about a lot of scary books and stuff, but I I read scary books all year and I do scary stuff all year. So it's true. I'm going to live funny. a scary life. I feel like that's the hardest part for October is like... Because I was decorating my apartment for Halloween and my roommate was like, Mallory, but our apartment is already covered in a monster yeah. stuff all year round. So it's hard to like amp it up for yeah. October. I don't know. I'm, I'm not going to make it more spooky. Like just because it's oh, October. I <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm reading a nonfiction book Ooh. called Slime, How Algae the Created Al- Us, Plague Us, Algae Created Us, Plague Us, and might, Just Might Save Us by Ruth Kessinger. I saw this at the library the other day and I was going to put on my holds list. It's really good. I am maybe three-fourths of the way through. I It's such not a book I would normally pick up. I know. It's too gross for you. No, it's not that gross. It's not gross at all, actually. Oh. It's not gross. Algae, like when I think of algae, I'm like, ew, that's gross. But when in the book, it's not gross. Like it's like – You don't want to go swimming in it. I'm not like excited about like hanging out with pond scum, but <laughs> um, I am excited about reading about it. Um, there's um, – and for people who are grossed out about it, there's actually like a good fourth of the book is about edible um, algaes, like so seaweed and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. You can have is, some nice seaweed snacks for that. Oh, man. I thought about it. Maybe I'll include it in the newsletter as like a snack thing. But I did eat seaweed while reading the book which was very exciting (laughs) um but it's sort of about how uh like people have tried to find ways to make algae into um fuel or um right now i'm reading the chapter on coral reefs because that's going to be a big disaster if those go away and that's what's happening right now and then just how important it is to our ecosystem in ways that we don't realize and there's tons of things that have algae in them. You eat algae all the time and you have no idea. I guess it, well, it's, in, it's a thickener, so it's in toothpaste. It's in, yeah, it is. It's in soy it milk. Exactly. These yeah. are all the things that I didn't think about. Or, yeah, it's in all, like, the fake milks. It's mm-hmm. in um, it's agar-agar flakes, which is something I use to bake quite a bit. Yeah. That's straight algae, up seaweed. Algae flakes. <laughs> it's exactly what it is. It's a really good book if someone's looking just to, like, read something sort of out of their comfort zone. Um, I'm, I'm really enjoying it. What are you reading, Mallory? Well, I'm going to do something I normally don't do and talk about a book I already read, but mm-hmm. I finished it yesterday. That counts. I read it in 24 hours. Wow. It is my most anticipated book of the last 20 years. I can guess what this is. Yep. It <laughs> is The Secret Commonwealth by Philip Pullman. Yeah. How was it? <sighs> How did you read it in 24 hours? Isn't it a very long book? Yep. Uh, oh, so many feelings about this book. So... The Secret Commonwealth is the second book in the new Book of Dust trilogy. And the Book of Dust trilogy is very interesting because the first book was, took place 10 like took place ten years before the events of the His Dark Materials trilogy. Oh. And this book takes place 20, or 10 years after. Oh, So okay. it is Lyra from the main mm-hmm. character from His Dark Materials. She is in college. Mm. And it's her reckoning with the, like, the after effects of what happened in the the first three books and um it is very much a second book in a trilogy it's like a lot of setup but this is one of those books where like 
Philip Pullman basically would have had to just write the word poop in big letters on every single page to have me not love this book. <laughs> like, I open it up and immediately burst into tears because I have been waiting to find out what happened to this character for 20 years. Yeah. And it means so much to me. And oh, because the prequel doesn't have her in it? It is, but she's a baby. Oh, right, 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 of course. So you don't know what happens. Yeah, yeah. I see what you're saying. So, and you're like back in this, you're back in Lyra's Oxford and you're mm. back in this world and her and her Damon are not getting along and they're, and they're, they have to hide the fact that they can separate because after. Oh, right. That's right. That's right. So all these things are happening. Um, there's a lot of, it's, it's weird because it goes from like being a big adventure book to like, this book is like a book of political intrigue and mm. like spy craft, which mm. is very interesting. Um, but I loved it. Of course, it was incredible. Uh, I don't know how I'm going to wait another two years for the last book. This is like a, it's very much like a second book, like everything's set up. Right, right, right. But if you were wondering how it is, if you love historic materials, I highly recommend it. I want to reread the whole thing. I mean, I reread all the trilogy of historic materials all the, like once a year or, or so and now i want to reread all of them but it was incredible oh, a lot great. of crying <laughs> <laughs> uh so that's the secret commonwealth by philip pullman and mine is slime by ruth kessinger so we want to take a moment to share some listener feedback first up we have a hot book tip from melissa wow, 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 wow. Hot, book, hot book tip <laughs> in the morning <laughs> it's like your drive time one <laughs> Uh, Melissa says, while I currently track how many books I read, I plan to track next year how many pages I read with a goal of about 25,000 pages a year, which is 100 books at 250 pages each. That way I will, quote unquote, get reading credit for books I give up on without feeling like I need to finish them. In addition, this will allow me to get some longer books that I always feel like I'm pushing off on reading. Second, this year I set a goal of giving up on at least 30 books in the year. For a type A person, that's hard to do. So I figured if I made it a goal, it would be easier to actually accomplish. I kind of love that. I love both of these. And this is actually a great um, suggestion for people who write in to us and they're like, I started reading a book and I just feel like I have to finish it. And it's because they're trying to reach these goals of like, I've read a certain number of books a year. And like, I recently stopped reading a book like three-fourths of the way through and was like, ugh. And I, it does, as a type A person, sort of bother me that yeah. I don't get credit it's for it. It's a sunk cost fallacy. The more yeah. you read, you're like, oh, I put all this time I'm in I'm going to see what happens to these people that I don't care about in this complicated universe that is not interesting. The sunken page fallacy. The sunken page fallacy. <laughs> okay, I have a pitch for you about this because I think Melissa's idea is really good. I think for the reading glasses goals of next year, we should do a give up on one book. No, I love that. Yeah. I think that's brilliant because I think there's so many people who don't want to give it up because they put time into it or whatever and they want to get to there with this book count. Yeah. We have all these people who are like, I've been reading this book for seven years. And I'm like, <laughs> you're not, you don't. It's that gif of the lady from the Titanic, it's been 84 <laughs> years since I opened this book. <laughs> like, do you, I know some people want to give up on a book. So if we put that on there, they'll get to check you're something free. off a list. It's your get out of jail free card. It really, truly is. Yeah, it is. I think the, I love the idea of turning it into a goal. Yeah. We just let, it's like lifting that albatross right off yeah. of your neck. That Where does albatross live? Next, next, yeah, no, it's, yeah, but the albatross is a, just a big. It's a book, big book, it's a book-shaped albatross, <laughs> uh, a albatross-shaped book. book. Yes, a book-shaped albatross heavy. is very strange. <laughs> it's just a really square bird <laughs> with wings. <laughs> no, I think that's a really good idea, Melissa. This is an extremely hot book tip. So, follow up from Terry. Thank you and the listeners so much for the tip about making my DNF shelf an exclusive shelf on Goodreads. So, Mallory, remind everyone what this. Terry was, from. was the listener who wrote in wanting to make a, an additional shelf that wasn't either want to read, reading, or have. Read. Red. Right. 
and we got Terry a wanted day- a do, did not finish. Yes, mm-hmm. and we got a deluge of. We didn't know how to do it. Apparently, everyone else did, yes. uh, which is fine. Great, Thank you we- listeners, you were all amazing. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Terry basically wanted it was like sort of actually what Melissa was just talking about. There was like this sunken page fallacy, yeah, which I think we should coin as a new reading glasses yes, term, page where she wanted to review books that she hadn't finished. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so Terry did that, removed the moved the red dates that were previously there, and just added the year to to the front of my review, so I'll know when I tried it. I started. Uh, I may start adding percentages finished when I decide to quit books going forward. But this was perfect. You're welcome, Terry. You're welcome, Thank you. Terry. Thank you. Listeners. We're here to help. With the help of our listeners. <laughs> uh, and then we have a wheelhouse from Cody. And I want to give a special shout out to Cody who runs events at the Westport Library in Connecticut and was the reason I got to be a guest at StoryFest this year. That was the thing I was just telling you about. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, an incredible literary festival at this amazing, super fancy library. And Cody's the reason why it's all together. Thank you for everything you do, Cody. You're an American hero. And Cody's wheelhouse is Friendship Stories. Nonlinear narratives that don't give a fuck if you can figure out what it's doing. <laughs> horror stories where you're not sure if the horror is real. Oh, I, like I love this. those. Yeah, me too. Uh, stories with queer characters where the story isn't about their queerness. Yeah. Books where the author becomes part of the story. Kids fighting monsters. Books that incorporate found material like transcripts, reports, newspaper articles, etc. as part of the storytelling. Oh, yeah. I like that too. That's a good one. I had so much fun at StoryFest. I want to thank all the listeners, all the amazing glassers who came out and said hi, were there for my talk or for any of the panels or signings. You're amazing. Uh, thank you so much for supporting the show, for supporting Lady from the Black Lagoon. I couldn't do it out without you. So you can email us at readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. And if you want a list of all the books we talk about on the show delivered to your inbox every month, you can sign up for our newsletter. Uh, There's a link in the show notes. We have some bookmarks. Yeah. we So we announced the book that we are reading. Yes. Our, so our October read uh, is Five Midnights. Mm-hmm. We posted about it. Uh, it's on our Instagram, our Twitter, our the Facebook group. In the newsletter, too. Yes. In um, the newsletter. It's Five Min- Midnights. It's a YA horror book. We're very excited about it. Neither of us has started it yet, so don't worry. You're not behind. Nope. You can still read this book. Um, and we are going to do a live stream on uh, October 24th at 6 p.m. Pacific time. Yeah, so tune in. We'll post it. It'll be like like normal. We'll, we go up on YouTube. We You can... You can write things in the little comments. We'll talk about it. Um, yeah. Yeah, we're I mean, excited to have a spooky live stream. Ooh, we should do it in costume. Wow. I don't <laughs> really do that. Um, I never dress up. You're not going to dress up for Halloween? I don't usually do that. I think I spent too many years of my life dressing up as I a know. job. Yeah, I know. So I don't See, often I stay behind the that. camera, so I get excited. Yeah. I tell you what me and Jeremy are going to be for Halloween. No, go on. We're going to be Samwise Gamgee and Rosie Cotton. I'm going to be the most tattooed hobbit ever. <laughs> That's very funny. I thought you were going to say, wow, okay. All right. That's good. I like that. You don't want to do a spooky live stream? Um, you could, if you have a like a hat or something, I'll wear it. You should dress up as Sean. Like a little... You should be Sean for Halloween. Oh, yeah. You yeah. wear a sweater and talk just, to an Australian accent. Just wear a white t-shirt. And, a, and just wear a white t-shirt <laughs> and dye my hair red. And wear a little beard. Mm-hmm. I think that's a great idea. Um, and one more bookmark for me. If you are in New York City... Um, I have a short film I directed pre- premiering at the Brooklyn Horror Fest on October 19th <gasps> yeah. in the shorts block uh, for, on Saturday, October 19th from 1 p.m. to 2.45 p.m. Randomly, I'm also in two other shorts in that same block. 
I don't think it's random. I think that was planned by the programmers. But um, I also it's directed the one. Show. I know. So um, also, that's two days after my birthday. So if you want to, you know, do something nice for me, come to that and, and enjoy the birthday's shorts. coming up. They are scary. So it's the perfect time of the year for it. Everything is kind of spooky. Um, yeah, I, I think, uh, yeah, go, go, come, come to the Brooklyn Horror Fest. All right. So before we talk about space books, we're going to take a quick break. Reading Glasses is supported in part by BarkBox, the dog-obsessed company that celebrates the special connection you share with your dog. Every month, BarkBox sends high-quality, all-natural treats and chews and innovative toys to match your dog's unique needs. My dog has some unique needs. She can't even have gluten. How about that for a high-maintenance dog? All treats are grain-free, so perfect for my dog, and never contain soy, wheat, or corn. All meat is sourced in the USA, and all treats are made in the USA and Canada. Each month has a new theme, like our popular Jurassic Park. This is for people who like puns. Space squirrels. Less of a pun, but still sounds really good, and I love space. And the good, bad, and the pugly. (laughs) That one's really cute. With innovative toys and drool-worthy treats that continue to keep dogs engaged, interested, and happy. My dog loves treats. She loves getting stuff in the mail. That doesn't sound true, but I swear to God, this dog is waiting for the mail all the time. Not to like bite the the mailman kind of situation. Just she's hoping that there may be food or something in there she can eat. And this one happens to be something she actually can eat. For a free extra toy with BarkBox, visit BarkBox.com slash glasses when you subscribe to a 6 or 12 month plan. You will receive an extra toy for a total of three toys in every box. That's an additional $9 value to each box for free. My dog is literally digging in a blanket next to me as I'm recording this. She's excited about an extra toy, a whole new extra toy in the box every month. BarkBox is very cute, and, you know, I know our listeners, they love, they love dogs, they love cats, and they love to gram. This is a great thing to put on the gram. All the things that you're getting in your BarkBox, how excited your dog is. I love those. I love those photos. They make me so happy. If you happen to use our promo code, uh, which is BarkBox.com slash glasses, um, make sure you tag us and let us know that you used it because we want to see your dog get excited about some toys. That's BarkBox.com slash glasses. Glasses. Hi, this is Rachel McElroy. Hello, this is Griffin McElroy. And this is wonderful. It's a podcast that we do as uh, we ma- we are married. And how's the ad going so far? Because I think it's going very good. <laughs> we talk about things we like every week on Wednesdays. One time Rachel talked about pumpernickel bread. It was so tight. You cannot afford to miss her talking about this sweet brown bread. We also talk about music and poems and, you know, weather. There was one... Weather? <laughs> one time Rachel talked about Baby Beluga, the song, for like 14 minutes. And it just really blew my hair back. <laughs> so check us out on MaximumFun.org. It's a cool podcast with chill vibes. Amber is the color of our energy, is what all the iTunes reviews say. <laughs> they will now. Could end 
this week, it's the episode Bria has been waiting her entire <laughs> life for. Have been training for this. Every every day I train it's for just this. Like this ep- before this episode, there's like a little montage of Bria like running upstairs, <laughs> drinking <laughs> uh, ecto, ecto juices. Yeah, <laughs> what? I don't know. Sm- like vegan smoothies. Oh, no. I was just going to say like eating, like opening up those like space ice creams or something. Oh, yeah. Oh, the this like, oh, yeah, it's like dr- freeze-dried ice cream. Yeah. Whenever you would go to any museum gift shop, store, uh, be like astronaut ice I cream. I loved that ice cream before I, I was lactose intolerant. Um, I'm assuming it it is has ac- I like actual milk in it. Who could say? Who could yeah, say? it's so good. It tastes like um nothing. It tastes like cardboard. As a child, love, you know, when you're just like, I like real gross stuff because it's weird, you know, and yep. like that's like yeah. If you just like, like dipping dots. Ugh, I loved a dipping dots. I loved dipping dots and like fireballs and like you know like the grossest weirdest shit. That was oh, the yeah. shit I wanted. Yeah. Uh, so Bria, this episode is all you. Take it away. Oh, we're talking about space books. Very exciting. Um, so I tried to figure out what the first book set in space was, and there's some contenders. Would you like to hear? Yeah, them? I actually tried to look this up. Yeah, and it was harder than I thought. Yeah. Um, well, there's there's an ancient Hindu epic. Uh, called Ramayana, uh, written in the 5th or 4th century BC. So that is possibly the oldest one. About a mythological flying palaces or chariots that are able to travel into space or underwater. So that's kind of like a space travel one. Um, And they, like, destroy cities and stuff like that. So that's kind of a – that's a very old one. Yeah. Um, There's also a 2nd century – book written by uh it's written by a syrian greek author called true history that is a satire that uses conversations between people and alien life forms to like make commentary he was trying to comment on like he didn't like travel literature he was like people exaggerate what happens at travel literature (laughs) so then he was like i'm gonna make it we're talking to aliens and so like he like that was like i love he's like the grumpy homebody from thousands of years ago yeah yeah that's exactly yeah whatever karen tell me about your stupid vacation please don't show us your slides again (laughs) from the do people do slides anymore um i don't think so and then the last one i found was a japanese folk tale um the tale of the bamboo curse written in the 10th century so also very old it's um about a moon princess who grew up on Earth and she eventually returned to the moon to be a princess and she was so beautiful she broke everyone's heart when she left because so many people wanted to marry her. Wow. It was such a tough time. (laughs) Very rough time. But early science fiction, like, for a very long time was more concerned with underwater travel as Ocean is extremely to, scary. Well, yeah, and also they were doing a lot of ship stuff. Like there was a lot of sh- they yeah. were living their lives on ships. Like people ha- hashtag with, ship life. There was totally a <laughs> ship life happening. Also, people relied on the ocean for stuff. Like they, that's how you got all your goods. Yeah, and no one was going to space. There was no way to get there. Yeah. Um. One I really like that came up by the way was Jules Verne wrote um a book in 1865 so still pre space travel obviously uh about a giant cannon that you would shoot to the moon like in a like a like the like, and, like an old timey circus cannon basically and you put people in it inside the projectile um it's called from earth to the from the earth to the moon it's basically wasn't isn't that like what the plot is is of um a trip to the moon um i don't know maybe it's the same maybe it's maybe it's based on the jules verne book i just think it's really funny I, apparently there's a lot of um talk about this book because jules verne 
in theory, like sort of figured out what the velocity and what it would take to actually get to the moon. Wow. He was like super wrong. Like he like <laughs> didn't know at all. But because like but no he one, tried. no one knew. Like when you got to space, things were going to be like so this was the way first more hard sci-fi. Yeah, first hard sci-fi. Uh, yeah, wow. yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, and like and then just as far as like modern space books, like space operas, that shit didn't come around until like the 1930s. So it's a pretty recent sort of. Uh, genre. Genre? Yeah. Yeah. All right. So here's the question that I really want to know. Bria, you love space books. I do love space books. what is the appeal of a book set in space to you? Like, why are you drawn to space books? I don't know. So I was thinking about this knowing we were talking about it. And I think it's because I read mostly, as we've established on the show, for escapism. Like, that's my major... That's the reason I read books. And you're like, space is as far away as I can possibly get. Well, also, I'm never going to go to space, probably, right? And I don't know that much about space. Well, you know, I really regret, not regret, but I do have, like, some, like, life. So, you know, like, a few years ago, they were like, we're going to start, we're going to pick, like, some number of people, and we're going to train them, and they're going to get to go live on Mars, and they live out the rest of their natural lives on, not Mars, Mars? Yeah, it's Mars. Um, And, like, you could just be on a lot like oh so and so and go up there and i was Old like so-and-so. i was like i have no skills <laughs> like zero skill set you would leave i was like well i was like if i had been not had anything going on <laughs> if i wasn't in like a relationship i wasn't with my current person um I don't Sean, know. I hope he. I hope he know, is lucky to have you. You can't. I was. I was in a different relationship, which I should have left anyway. But um. But I'm like. What a, I, what a fucking mic dropper! I'm leaving you for Mars. <laughs> I mean, here's the thing: if you you only have one life, yeah. You know, and what if? And if you're if you are so interested in like space travel, I'm not like interested in the like mechanics of it. But you're interested in seeing it, like I am. I like feel like I don't know. Like, did I make a mistake? Should I have gone to Mars? I don't think I would have gotten chosen because, like, what skill set do I have? Like, I'd be like, I am great at baking on Earth. Like, it's like and you're you're good at directing things. You're you're, you're not really a, a great space captain. Yeah, right? but I know I'd have to learn all the science, which would be no, you wouldn't. No, I think that's the whole. I think you do. You can't just go out there and like just like like you know try to like oh I'm gonna grow. Well, I mean, yeah, but I I don't know. I feel like you would make a fantastic space captain. Oh, thanks. Um, I, but I don't think reading science fiction books actually qualifies you to be a space captain. I think it does. Anyway, it's you're escape. on the road. <laughs> I think uh, a book a place I've never been. I also it checks a couple little boxes for me. I love you know books about like a person, particularly a woman, on a journey. Uh, particularly when there's not much around. Like, I love, like, you know, like, I love an apocalyptic landscape where there's nobody. Mm-hmm. And, like, in space, there's nobody. It's just the vastness of space. So I love a book like that where it's just people on a journey alone, like, trying to figure out their, like, personal demons while looking out at the vastness of space. Like, that's – I love that. Ugh. Um yeah, it kind of fulfills the same thing as like an empty highway, which okay. I also love. Um, space but, is just one big empty highway. That's exactly it. Space is just one big empty is highway. That, isn't that the, where, where we're going? We won't need roads. Oh, yeah, that's Back right. To the future. Yeah, it's true. But not space, not. just time. You know, where they were going, they did need roads. <laughs> it wasn't. Hey, wait a minute. <laughs> it was. They needed roads for the car. <laughs> no, they, it was a flying car, wasn't it? No. I don't. The car had wheels. Am I wrong? Sean. I love how we forced Sean to be our <laughs> pop culture consultant. Anyway. It had wheels and they like caught fire and there was like a whole thing when it traveled. Yeah. And then in the one where they go to the like, western. There's a whole I've never. I've only ever seen the right, first one. Right. There's a western. Okay. 
Mallory. <laughs> it always needed to get up to. It always needed a road. There always needed a road. Anyway, Mallory, why? Why do you read space books? I don't actually read that many books set in space. <sighs> I have to admit, like space really scares the ever-loving shit out of me. Space books, like normal, like a non-horror space book, is scarier than any horror novel to me. Oh, but what about a horror space book? Horrifying. <laughs> I'm, so, I'm actually really... Because you can just open up a window and just throw somebody oh. out. There's no windows in space, by the way. They, I, I, that's why I'm afraid to read our guest Madeline Rue's book because it's like survival horror in space and I might have to put myself in the freezer, let mm. alone the book. You just like crawl into the freezer and close the door and leave the book out? <sighs> I, yeah, I just... Space really freaks me out. There's something... I, I'm the opposite, like that vast nothingness. Like I think it's a, Ray Bradbury has a, st- a story where it's an astronaut and like his last moments of being of drifting through space before oh, he dies. Yeah, like, that is the scariest shit to me. Yeah, it's like being scary. That, I don't even like being away. F- I don't even like being in a different room than my cat. Let alone being <laughs> on a different planet. I do not. I do. I would never go to space. I would rather. Hmm. I would never. I don't. I don't want to be in space. I don't want to be in a spaceship. I do not want to leave this planet. It's, I mean, it's not more. It's just a different set of dangers. You know what I mean? It's dangers we're like not familiar with. It's a danger. Yeah, it's a set of dangers I don't want. I would rather grapple with earthbound dangers mm. than space dangers. Got it. Um, I just listened to this podcast called Flash Forward, which is about like various sci sci fi. I, I listened to it pretty regularly about various like science fiction futuristic problems, and they did a whole one on Moon Court about how like what happens if like something you commit happens, a huh? crime in space. It's so much easier just like snip someone's wire and they float away yeah, that's what or I'm something. Saying. Yeah, and about how like we on Earth wouldn't be able to understand or convict those people because it's really not a jur- jury of your peers because no. they don't understand what it's like to be in space. You'd have to yeah, you need space peers. Yeah, space peers basically. There's something about like the vastness of it, and like I think I'm such an anxious control freak that like the idea that like there's no direction and like every the distances are so vast and like you don't know. Oh, it's just fuck space, man. <laughs> so, well, what are some space books that you really like? It's hard to limit, but I'm gonna say anything by Cameron Hurley. She has a couple of good space books. I would Cameron love to Hurley recommend. Cameron Hurley is the queen of space. Yeah, it's great. Uh, any Cameron Hurley. Uh, most recent one, great. All, all of them are great. Um, I've recommended it many a time on the show, but River Solomon and Unkindness of Ghosts is set on a spaceship uh, that sort of mirrors the Antebellum South. It's great. It is vastness of space plus like cultural uh, commentary plus like really interesting like cool characters mm-hmm. like who are working through stuff um, and like dealing with like racism and it's it's a very great space book um john scalzi i can't recommend enough lots of space books again yes. does a lot of good space writing yes he really is good in this that space uh, you know what i mean hey. um collapsing empire being like probably my favorite i haven't read all of his books but that one i really liked a few years ago um this year I read the, this book called The Loneliest Girl in the Universe, which I could not put down. I recommended it in our newsletter. It's by Lauren James. It's very much like that woman alone in space. Um, you're, you're like, this is my dream. I, and I love like a thriller slash mystery set in space, and that's what that is. Similar to Six Wakes, past yeah. guest of the show, Mer Lafferty's book. I loved that book where it's like thriller, mystery, but set in space. So it's like... Um, Maybe I also like a confined book where it's like you can't... Yeah, you like a gravity blanket of a book. I do, where it's like these are the, these are the parameters. This is what I like in my life, too. Where it's like, here's the parameters. You can't leave. So, like, here's the... Here's the and now you got to solve this mystery. Like, I like that kind of thing. Um, I, yeah, I, I could go on and on. I won't. Um, but um, I also will say, like, my fave... Uh, 
I, I, there's a few comics I like, but I guess I, but I'm going to recommend Saga because yeah. it's like one of my favorite space travel books. Great planets, great space travel, great spaceship. Yeah. That's, I mean, there's like a lot of fun stuff happening in that yes, book. Yes, true. I do love Saga. Yeah. Um, okay. What about you? Is there any you could think of? Uh, so I did, I went through my book buddy, which side note, I bought the full version of book oh, buddy you did. and I'm completely in love with it. It's oh, my favorite cool. app. It's, I'm obsessed with book buddy now. Cool. I, I, every other app is going to have to compete with book buddy. Good read. And it's blue. So good reads, g- get your fucking shit together. Although we had a listener tweet at us recently because good reads decorated itself for Halloween, but it's still beige. It just has a spooky skull on it. Wait, I'm going to look it up right now. That's crazy. Uh, oh, it says, Horror week at the top. Oh, I see. Yeah. At the Goodreads, it it's has a little beige. skull in the in the in the ooze in the yeah. O's. Uh huh. Uh huh. Okay. Um, so anyway, um, I went through all. I went through my book buddy, and I already put all my stuff. I put every book I read uh, this year in it, and I realized I only read one book set in space this year, and I'm not going to talk about it because it was so awful. Oh. Uh, I will tell you about it after the show. Yeah. Um. Oof. Uh, but I got to change that, so I think I'll count salvaged, which is our guest this week's uh and it's not this book is the book is out this week and i'm gonna read it because i'm very excited about it uh it's the first book set in space that i'll read this year i just won't count the other one i love by the way i remember you texted me and you're like what should we do this one about it was like space books or, and you have or some survival other, horror and some other and i was just like space books <laughs> must be space books so and actually i was and i figured you'd have novels covered i'm gonna re- recommend some comics because i hmm. realized i've read a lot more comics set in space oh interesting you think it's because like you don't rely on your imagination to build the scary world as yes. much yeah and it's just like space books are uh, like space comics look really cool mm-hmm. so yeah i think there's something different about it um i love odyssey and that's that's spelled o-d-y dash c by matt fraction and christian board and it's a gender swapped retelling of the odyssey that's set in space mm. have you ever read that i haven't read it i know it's- christian though uh, which is really fun. Bitch Planet by Kelly Sue DeConnick and Val Delandro is obviously yeah, absolutely incredible. Uh, Black Science by Rick Remender and Matteo Scalera is really fun. Um, yeah, there's a lot of really cool space comics. I'm much more inclined to read a space comic. Interesting. I wonder if it's just like less scary. Yeah, I think it's just more visual. Like, I don't know. Yeah. Um, Bria, what kind of, what are the, what are some kinds of space books that you would want to read like or see more of? Oh man, just more, more, of, the more of the same. More of the same. <laughs> more of space books. Just any any old book set in space, hand it my way. <laughs> um, I do get sort of tired when it's a little like when I'm like, oh, I feel like I've read this book before, but I, I like like sort of the new takes happening on space stuff. Um, I just read that book Vessel uh, that I actually recommended for yeah. uh, Sword and Laser podcast, which I really enjoyed. Um, and it because it's about like a woman coming back from a space trip space voyage but not knowing what happened and it sort of like flashes back and forth like that seemed like a new take on the space book yeah so i think like interesting things like that um are cool um i also was like maybe sex in space i don't know i haven't read that much that about I would that read about D- isn't there an uh mary it's- roach book about space yes which is amazing it's called packing for mars yeah uh and it's i really like it because it's all about like the minutia of life as an astronaut yeah. like how do you poop in space how do you eat a snack in space like i should read that because you know, I haven't you read that read much that. nonfiction stuff. Like, it's strange because I kind of count, like, I know it's not true, but, like, Andy Weir writes a lot of stuff that's very, like, science-based yes. in his in his books. Like, hard science, like, what it would actually be like. But um, a lot of the, like, I haven't read that much nonfiction. You definitely, you could borrow my book, Backing from Mars. I mm-hmm. read it, I only read it because I read everything Mary Roach ever does. Right. And, Was it uh, scary? No. Oh. Because it's more about the minutia of I it. it it's mm-hmm. not like what bad could happen in space it's like how do you clip your toenails yeah 
It's, it's amazing. Um, what about you? Do you have any recommendations for things that you would read in a space book? Yes. We actually had a read, or reader recommendation um, about this recently. I'd definitely be interested in reading a book about space vacations. Like, oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want a space book where nothing scary or bad happens. Like, I want, like, a literary fiction book set in space. If anyone knows books like this, like, I I think that's a hard time I have with space books is, like, I'm so afraid of the bad things that can happen in space. Yeah. And there's so – a lot of space books deal with those things. Like, what if you get sucked out into the universe? Yeah. Like, I just want a space book where I – like, this guaranteed no danger. Like, a space – a book about, like, someone breaking up on a spaceship. Right. Uh-huh. That's like, a good book. That sounds like a good book. Just, like – where space is just a setting and I don't have to be afraid of it. That you I want, would read more of. You want, like, Helen Oyami to write a book in space. Yes. Because it'll be about, like, the character building. <laughs> well, but she also does some creepy, horror stuff, too, so yeah. I don't know if I... Okay. I'd you be, want... You want... I'm trying to think of, like, a I good, want Maria Semple to write. Okay, 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 okay. Like, where'd you go, uh, Bernadette 5000? Like, yeah, 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 I got it. Okay, I okay. want something like that. That I would read. I want it, like, take take my space fear away. Guys, my <laughs> space fear. <laughs> <laughs> so you can send your thoughts on space books to readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. And before we talk to author Madeline Rue, we're going to take a quick break. Going into a bullseye interview, I know it's somebody who does amazing work, but it's an actual conversation. I don't know where it's headed. The, absolutely. I, you're absolutely right. You said it actually better than I did, so I have to think about what that means. <laughs> <laughs> hey, these are, this, this, this is the straight talk that, that you're going to get on this show. Bullseye. Creators you know, creators you need to know. Find it at MaximumFun.org or wherever you get podcasts. So here we are with author Madeline Rue. Madeline, thank you so much for joining us again. We're happy to have you back. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thank you for having me back. <laughs> Madeline, what are you reading right now? Ooh, um, so the young adult book I'm wrapping up is very like Cthulhu mythos inspired. Um, so I've been just like devouring everything and anything that has to do with that sort of world. Um, and right now I'm on Agents of Dreamland by Caitlin Kiernan. Oh, I love that book. Um, yeah, I am just, I really love it so far. I'm not finished. I'm like maybe halfway through, but uh, yeah, it's, her writing style is just like right up my alley. So <laughs> I'm loving it. Uh, can you tell us about your new book that's about to come out, Salvage, or is yeah. out? Is it out? No, October as, 15th. Yeah. So, yeah, so when this episode drops, it, it will be out. It will be oh, out. Fabulous. Yes. Okay. So yes, go get it right now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, well, it's. It's being compared to sort of like an alien or like the expanse kind of level of sci-fi. Um, there's uh, definitely some sci-fi world building, but it's really focused on the characters. And the main character is named Rosalind, and she's recently suffered a pretty intense trauma at her job on Earth. And so she kind of just decides, like, screw it, I'm getting out of here. Um, and so she sort of escapes to the ends of the universe as far as humanity is concerned um, and takes a job cleaning up like doomed research vessels. <laughs> um, someone has to go pick up the bodies when something goes wrong. Um, and so she does that. And it's pretty gross work and it's pretty depressing. And uh, she's developed a drinking problem. Things are pretty bad. And so she's about to lose that job as well. And she kind of gets one last chance to prove that she's not a total 
total wreck. So she takes a job um, salvaging the brigantine, which is supposed to be um, everybody aboard is supposed to be dead. And when she gets there, she finds out that is not necessarily the case. So yeah, there's a little bit of mystery, a little bit of horror, a little bit of romance. Uh, It's got a little bit of everything. (laughs) Nice. So space is scary as hell. Yes. Uh, I'm terrified of space. <laughs> Me too. So did you did you do a lot of space research for this book? I did. Um I feel like, yeah, to me, I'm not a big, like, deep water person either. You'll never catch me on a cruise. It feels like the same <laughs> thing, you know, where you're like, okay, if something goes wrong, like, we're in a lot of trouble. And that's how I feel about space is, like, there's just nothing. If something goes wrong, I just feel like it's you're you're not going to have a good time. So that is like, there's sort of this underlying fear and tension for me, even just working from that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I feel like this is leaning into fiction more than the science. Um, I wanted to know how everything would work so that when I was writing, it felt authentic, but you're not going to see like 10 pages of how the ship works. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> I like to fold it in, um, almost make it feel like, oh, you already know this, like you already know this world. And so I don't have to spend a ton of time explaining like how, how, what is the engine like, you know, why does this work? What does this do? Um, But that still meant that I wanted to do a lot of reading just so that it felt like I knew what, what was happening. And then by extension, you would know what was happening. Um, So yeah. And I think too, like the initial uh, inspiration was this article I read about um, hub trees, which are like, trees that have little fungus on the roots that can communicate so it seems like the trees are psychic they're not they're using tiny little mushrooms to like that vibrate and send messages through root networks um and that was just like the coolest idea to me so that was sort of the jumping off point for the the alien race that is rad if uh, so did you also look into any parasites as well for for your sort of bad guy situation (laughs) yeah well they're technically a fungus so like they the bad guys are well the bad guys become the humans in fact you know that that breathe in the spores i suppose but um yeah it's a spore based sort of monster which makes it really hard to avoid um and that's a big part of the book is her just trying to not get infected by it or breathe it in i guess um yeah, so there's a lot of like oxygen management and like things like that. You know, you don't want to you don't want to be caught outside your little your little suit um, when those things are around. So, yeah, I did some. I mean, because it's sort of a really fantastical uh, alien fungus, I did background research, but I ended up more sort of just creating a lot because I needed it to function certain ways for the narrative. Um, but yeah, and it's also just so gross. Like <laughs> it's just. Like very gross really really <laughs> grosses me out so which probably helps you know that that transfers into the into the prose so Ugh, i hate spores so the word spore is actually really gross right it's not good it's not yeah. good yeah and there's sort of like you know a gradual process once you've breathed it in it's not an immediate thing right like the crew sort of notice things are strange they can almost like read each other's thoughts and then the transformation gets worse and worse depending on um, whether it's because it sort of like tries to win you over, right? It's talking to you in your head and it wants to convince you to sort of join this collective. And 
some of the crew are having better luck <laughs> talking it talking it back um and and defending themselves against it and others have sort of just like totally given in um so there's a sort of physical transformation that goes along with how far you are down that path and uh it gets pretty gross <laughs> So did you revisit any favorite space books or movies or video games for inspiration for this? Yeah, definitely. Um, I think Dead Space would probably be... I was going to say Dead Space. (laughs) (laughs) That one is... I mean, the original is just... It's just so good. And that sense of of helplessness and not being alone, because she's not technically, you know, alone. Some of the crew are sort of sympathetic to her, but... um, yeah, just that sense of like you're you have to jerry rig a bunch of stuff, you know, like she has to find ways to protect herself from the spore and she's trying to figure out like okay, can I make some kind of concoction or you know, how am I going to eat food? How am I going to do all this stuff when I really can't, you know, I have to she has to like basically stay in a clean environment. So, there's definitely an element of that. And I do think like Alien and Aliens is is also apt. Um and I mean, that's Aliens is one of my favorite sci-fi movies of all time. So <laughs> it was kind of a joy to to bring in some of that feeling of like, you know, especially with the Ripley comparisons of like a woman on her own just trying to defend herself. I also love that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, important question. Sure. Would you go to space if you had the chance? Uh, no, I don't. I don't think I'm I would. so with you. I, fuck space. <laughs> I know that's a bummer. Like, I it does fast. I mean, I'm obviously fascinated with it, right? I wrote this book. I wrote a second one in the in the universe of this book, and I love thinking about it. I love sci-fi. Um, I'm you know I feel like most of the media I consume is in some way sci-fi influenced, but. I just don't think I'd want to. I mean, unless it was like catastrophic, right? Like Earth is just, we're done. Your only chance is to go. I think maybe then I would. But if it was just for fun, I, like, I know. I don't think I, I don't think I could do it. It's too scary. All right. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> so, Madeline, we had you on the show before and we asked you about your reader quirks, but we didn't ask you what is your reader wheelhouse? Sure. Um That is so tough. I mean, for me, I think like you like a little bit of everything, right? You want mystery, you want romance, you want a little bit of horror in there. Um, I don't think I'll ever write anything that doesn't have an element of darkness, but I also don't think I'll ever write something that doesn't have like a sense of humor as well. Um, And so I like to give a really balanced experience to the reader. You know, there's going to be times where you're scared out of your wits, but then there will be a balance with a little bit of, you know, comedy or quips to sort of cut the tension here and there. Um, but yeah, I would say romance, thriller, horror is sort of my my strike zone where I try, where I try to land. <laughs> nice. So where can people find you online, find your book and everything? Yeah, um, my book is everywhere, you know, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, IndieBound, whatever your... Uh, book purveyor of choice is and also the the audio version should be available at launch as well um, did you do the audio did you do it no i didn't oh, we have a i got my first pick of a performer and she's just she's phenomenal um hell yeah yeah no she's great i just um i had a phone call with the director where you know you go through and tell them how to say all the names oh, yeah. and all this stuff and that was really fun so uh yeah i'm so excited to hear her performance oh sirens they found me um uh so i live right next to a firehouse it's great um 
Yeah. And uh, you can find me online. I'm on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook uh, at author Rue. It's just the word author O-U-X, all one word. And if you just search me on Facebook, my fan page should come up. Um, I love to talk to fans. I usually will, you know, give writing advice or answer any questions they have. So happy to talk to people. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. It's always a pleasure. Now it's time to look at some book tech advances in bookish technology. We had to do a book tech segment for this Facebook's episode because we're talking about fancy high tech space things. Yeah, why not talk about uh, new technology here? On Apps Earth? are important in space, are they? And no, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> this week we're testing out another book tracking app called Notion, which is suggested by friend of the show Christina. Christina, thank you for always being amazing. Uh, so Notion is another tracking app and you can track all kinds. This is not a book specific one. You can track all kinds of stuff. There's great templates for everything. And unlike some of the other apps we've tried, this app has templates for things you're actually going to use like journals or different kinds of goals, not like your balloon, hot air balloon trip. Right. What's that air table, I think. Yeah. I think that's just an example. No I one's know. actually going to do a hot. Well, maybe someone know. is. Maybe, someone say. Is. maybe there's a, you know, someone's doing a, around the world in eight uh, days. Or hot air across America. <laughs> um, and this book, uh, Notion actually has a bookshelf template. So, Bria, what did you think of Notion? I thought it was interesting. It seems to me very helpful if you're planning um, – well, first of all, it like I, I do a to-do list on a notebook every day, like a piece – like a little small notebook. Um, but if you didn't do that, this would work for that. I used to have this app called Things, which also kind of helps oh, with that. I remember you telling me about that. Yeah, I liked that app. That was good. But now I just write it all down because it help, helps me though pay attention to what I'm doing. Um, I also thought it would be really good if you were using it um, for like a, like, so you, the thing about this app is you can have other people join and look at your stuff. Oh, it'd be good for a book club. It'd be good for a book club. So it'd be good for a book club. It'd also be good for like just general, if you're planning an event or a movie or, you know, like whatever you're planning. Like if mm-hmm. you just need like, it's like the slack of, it's like a better organized or prettier. It's like a slack head and a spreadsheet at a baby. Yeah. And also it was, be- it's better. It's like prettier than slack. Oh yeah. It's a very cute app. Yeah. It's a really cute app. So I, it would be good for like a book club, I think. Cause you could Ooh, just like put yeah. it up there on the book club. Everyone can talk about like, and especially then you would also be like, who's bringing the snacks to the book club and people could volunteer and you know, like that kind of stuff would <laughs> That's also. That's the information Bria needs That's to the information. <laughs> like how do you have a book club without snacks? Who could even say? <laughs> um, so I don't know. It was good. I'm not dying for it for the books part the book tracking but i think it's kind of like the thing about these book tracking apps is you kind of get used to whatever one you get used to right and then you use that one so in that way like i get it this is the this is the app you use so like that's fine what do you think i'm still i mean well okay i do want to say i'm in love with book buddy oh wow book buddy are getting married wow uh Book buddy is my, my book buddy. My book <laughs> me buddy. and that giant book with the glasses are walking down Hello, the aisle. Mallory. I'm here too. He, he just put Isn't a big. That its voice. He, yeah, he put a ring on my finger. I'm in love with book buddy. But I did. I did like this app. I tried out the reading list template. Oh, okay. Uh, and I liked it. I I give this four out of five pages. I I think it's still an app with a learning curve. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a little complicated. Feel like I said, it feels like a spreadsheet. Spreadsheet and, and and an app made a baby. But they had a little tutorial. Yes, and but that's the thing right there. It's like. A tutorial. Yeah. Like, uh, if you like spreadsheets, which I do, and you want something more flashy and like catered to book tracking, this is a great app for you. You know, Mallory loves spreadsheets. I do love a spreadsheet. Loves a spreadsheet. And this, what this is really cool is it's very, Notion is very customizable. Yeah, 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 for sure. Which is awesome. But I do, I like BookBuddy better just because it's just super simple, exactly what I wanted. Yeah. 
Uh, it's all the things I want, none of the things I don't. Notion uh, is a little more ambitious, but it's still a really good app. Yeah, and if you need like a lot of – like if you're looking for like a lot of space and a lot of various things to do on it, like you yeah. have like three projects going at once or something, this would be the app for that. Yes, definitely. Yeah. So yeah, Notion gets four out of five pages for me. How many pages do you give Notion? Well, I would say same. Four out of five. So if you want us to solve your reader problem or test out some reader tech, you can send it to readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. As always, we want to thank Danielle and Kathy who are on our Facebook group and Chrissy and Rachel who moderate our Goodreads page. Remember that you can buy Reading Glasses tote bags and shirts and bookmarks in the Maximum Fun store. There's a link in the show notes. You can help us support our cats and look very sexy doing it. And if you like the show and don't want to spend any money, you can rate and review us on iTunes for free. We are, I think we're cruising towards 800. Wow. Uh, 800 reviews. Uh, it's really great for us. It helps us reach more readers. It makes us feel happy. You can't you can't lose here. Uh, you can always email us at readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. Find us on Twitter at Reading G Podcast, on Instagram at Reading Glasses Podcast. You can always follow along on our bookish adventures using the general hashtag Reading Glasses Podcast. Thanks for listening and thanks, thanks for, for reading. reading. Maximumfun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.